Hi, my name is Amelia. I'm from Russia, and this episode is brought to you by DistroKid. Did you know that using DistroKid's promo card feature, you can create easy, customizable graphics to promote your Spotify release? You can upload a personalized design to appear with your music that you've released through DistroKid on Spotify. This is also a great way to promote your release and drive increased shares, streams, and saves of your music. This is a free feature for all DistroKid members. Take advantage of this awesome function and so many more by using our DistroKid discount link, districtkid.com slash VIP slash MPW. Uh, what this is MPW, 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 the podcast with your host, Zyla Aria. Cool. A podcast about music, music production for the everyday musician, where we learn from experienced studio engineers and each other. Hannah Brewer is an editor at Spotify, where she is responsible for providing opportunities for Australia and New Zealand artists to be discovered by global and local audiences on Spotify. She develops Spotify's pop hits and country playlist ecosystems and is passionate about diversity and inclusion and drives the editorial side of Spotify's creator-focused programs, Equal and Glow. Hello, Hannah. Lovely to have you on this podcast. How has your day been so far? Hi, Zyla. Thanks for having me. My day's been great. Thanks. A bit chilly over here in Sydney, but otherwise, yeah, very happy to meet you. And yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I am excited to learn all about playlists and your thoughts on how to get on on them and some advice as an artist. But before we do that, I would love to hear a little bit more about your career. So where did things start for you in music and how did you end up where you are today? Sure. Well, I feel very fortunate in the fact that music has always been my biggest passion in life. So I feel like I've always had that direction, which is really lucky, I think. I learned piano from a really young age and taught myself guitar and always loved to write music and sing and that sort of thing. And then I studied a Bachelor of Music at the University of Auckland, majoring in popular music. And during that time, I volunteered at our university radio station, 95BFM. I got experience in music journalism, writing for a New Zealand musician, and I put on shows and did just tried to get as much experience working on the industry side of things as I possibly could. And then when I left university, I got a proper foot in the door, I guess you could say, at New Zealand On Air, which is Aotearoa's Broadcasting Commission. And I started there just doing social media and digital things. And I worked my way up through to music promotion. So working to help fund and promote New Zealand artists. And I was there for over five years. And then I applied for my job at Spotify. At the time, they were looking for a New Zealand-focused editor, and I had had a lot of experience in the last five years just working with a wealth of New Zealand music and New Zealand artists. So I think that I was fortunate and that I had the experience that they were looking for. And now I've been at Spotify for about four years. Amazing. Oh, that's great. It's great to hear how one thing has led to another and you've kept that strain of music through everything that you've done that you love, which is lovely to hear. Yeah, I feel very 
very lucky to be able to work in something I'm so passionate about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And I've spoken about this before, like luck is a part of it, but I think it's also you building that for yourself. Totally. I think doing those things while I was at uni, you know, I did all these jobs for free and I was studying full time and working in retail. And I think I was living on like $50 a week and stuff. And at the time I didn't mind because I was so passionate and I was learning so much, but I think doing those things really helped me get my foot in the door as well. Just getting as much experience as I could. And if that meant working for free, you know, I was happy to do that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, totally. And like those kind of things are probably the things that other people don't hear about and don't see yeah. all the pre-work that went into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And I think I'm probably guilty of this as well, looking at people and being like, oh, they're so lucky to have that job and that sort of thing. But I don't know the background of how many years that they just, you know, did volunteer and they worked five jobs while they were studying or all those things. And when we think of luck, so often it is hard work and timing, you know. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think I'm realizing more and more people don't just get somewhere by accident. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to a bit of time travel, Hannah, can you tell me about one event in your life that you would change? I struggled with this one, Zyla. I don't think I have one particular event. Sorry. I think just because I feel like, you know, everything's led me to where I am now. But I would change the way that I sort of just dropped off working on my own craft and playing my own music just for my own enjoyment. You know, I haven't played the piano in, oh, I haven't had a piano in, I don't know, eight years or something like that. And I haven't sung in a long time. And I just think it's like a muscle that I've stopped using. And now it feels really difficult. And I'm not, I'd be nervous to play the piano and I just wish I could sit down and enjoy that for myself. So I don't think there's a moment that I would change, but I do wish that I continued enjoying music and enjoying playing music just for myself, I think. Oh, oh it's never too late to start again, Hannah. And that's true. It's not. Yeah. yeah. And what's the worst that's going to happen if you start again and maybe it needs exactly. a bit of work? Exactly. <laughs> Oh, no, exactly. And I and I do still enjoy playing for myself, but I just wish that I kept up my practice, I guess, because it's easier to keep it up than, you know, lose eight years of playing and then start, start again. again. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So can you tell me a random fact about yourself that maybe not that many people in the industry know about you? Sure. I... I'm a big musical theatre nerd. I love, (laughs) I used to listen to Phantom of the Opera on repeat when I was a toddler, apparently, just all day. That was my entertainment. I think I had a lot of big feelings, so it, it felt like I could connect with that music, I think. And I did a fair bit of musical theatre growing up as well, and I still love it. I'm, yeah, obsessed with musical theatre. And I got a really big kick out of your episode with the vocal producer who was a musical theatre performer. Sorry, I've oh, forgotten her yes. name. And I just, Lorna. I loved listening. Lorna, yes. So I loved listening to her experience of, you know, singing the same thing night after night after night. And yeah, how, you know, that was her passion. And then she sort of figured out she needed more variety and 
that sort of thing. But yeah. Oh yeah. No musical <laughs> theatre. I think you have to have some very special respect for those people and just kind of doing everything live to such an incredible skill level is amazing. Oh, totally. Yeah. I admire the performance so, so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> so jumping into our topic today, Hannah, and I was saying to you before we had lots of interest and questions from our audience. Yeah, we have that's to great. Kind of cut it down <laughs> a little bit. So talking about how to get onto Spotify playlists. So can you talk me through how does the playlist curation process work on Spotify and what criteria do you consider when selecting tracks for a playlist? Sure. There's a lot of moving parts to this, so I'm going to try and be as succinct as possible. (laughs) But, yeah, bear with me. I'll start by saying there are three music editors at Spotify Australia whose priority it is to listen to all of the new releases coming from Australia and New Zealand. And we each specialise in different genres. So I primarily look after pop and hits and country music. There's another editor who looks after dance, R&B and hip-hop music. And a third editor who looks after primarily rock and indie music. And we have our genre specialties, but between us, we also look after different moods and moments playlists. So things like morning motivation, coffee and chill, that sort of thing. And then the three of us together collaborate on New Music Friday. The only way that we listen to music that hasn't been released yet is via the New Music submissions process, which is the back end of Spotify for Artists. So every artist can submit their music through Spotify for Artists and then the editors go in and we filter via genre and I'll listen to all of the pop and country releases coming from Australia and New Zealand. That will be my first priority and the other two editors will do the same. And I will listen to it with the frame of mind thinking, will this connect with someone? If so, who? And in what context? And is there a pathway for this music on platform? And then from that selection of music, I will select the best of it for New Music Friday, which is obviously our creme de la creme, the the best new songs of that week. And we're all contributing to that from our genre areas. So pop and country, R&B, rock, hip hop, dance, that sort of thing. We also have the ability in that back end to tag other editors and tracks. So a track might be tagged as pop and I might listen to it and think, this is a great song. However, I don't see it fitting in my playlist, but Amelia might have space for it in her playlists, which are more indie leaning. So I will tag her in that. I also might think that it might work in another market. So I can tag an editor from another market or our genre curation group in general. So I'm part of what we call a GCG, so a pop GCG, a pop global curation group. And we get together every week and discuss the tracks from our markets that we think might work in other markets. And we are so aware that every market has so many priority releases coming through that they have to support because it's all about supporting as many local artists as possible, right? 
So for something to translate in another market and get the support from an editor in another market needs to be of really, really, really high quality. I think the other thing that we do that might be of interest is I look at everything I've playlisted in the last week or week or so, particularly looking at New Music Friday and see how listeners have engaged with the tracks on those playlists to see if they should be getting further support in larger playlists where they may be exposed to a wider audience. So we can see if listeners are really liking that track in that playlist from the data, or maybe they're not liking it in that playlist, and maybe we need to try it somewhere else, or maybe we need to give it more time, or yeah, give it a different context. So there's a few moving parts there, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Sorry, that was a lot. (laughs) No, it was all very, very interesting stuff. And a couple of things I was thinking about there is, so every single song is listened to. I mean, that must be hours and hours of music for you all. Yeah, yeah. So it's good we split it by genre and it's narrowed down to Australia and New Zealand being our first priority. So we go through all of that before we start to listen to things from other markets. And when we listen to things from other markets, again, it's it's already narrowed down by the editors in those markets. So, yeah, the bulk of our listening is local listening, but we share it. So that helps. Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. And people talk about algorithms uh, and things, and we might get to that later, but at that starting stage, Are the algorithms involved or is that all quite a manual process like you mentioned? Yeah, at that starting stage, it's mostly human-powered. I would say the algorithms are involved with a few playlists like Release Radar. So say you ingest your song into Spotify via your distributor. If you do that two weeks ahead of the release date, and you have, you know, a hundred followers on your Spotify profile, it'll end up in a hundred release radar playlists. So the algorithm will work in that very basic way initially, but in terms of curated playlists, that's all human led. Okay. Oh, amazing. That's all very, very interesting. So Talking about a common issue that people seem to have when they upload onto Spotify for artists is that they struggle to put their music into a genre. And I know that now there are so many genres that you have to choose from, but it still can be such a tricky process to classify your music. And how important would you say it is that that is classified really correctly? And would you say that if someone gets it wrong, that that is a make or break for the song? Great question. I would say it's not hugely important to classify your music correctly. What's important is that you're just classifying it in one genre so that one editor hears it. So you make a song, you're not quite sure, maybe it's a bit genreless, maybe it straddles multiple genres, but to you, oh, it's a pop song. And it comes to me and I think, this is a great song, but it doesn't fit in any of my mainstream pop playlists. However, it might fit in another t- another editor's playlist. I will tag them and it might get to our new music meeting that week and I'll say, 
I heard this great song from this artist who's never released a song before. I don't have space for it in my list or it doesn't work in my playlist, but I'd love you to consider it for yours. And so as long as you pick one genre to the best of your ability, that's great. It's it's definitely not make or break. And we share the music around, but we also have meetings where we discuss this music in real time as well. We really love, you know, discovering new music and sharing music between us. So yeah, don't worry too much. Don't let it stress you out. Just pick the one you think's best. And that ensures that when we filter by genre, it'll get to an editor and that editor will get it to another editor. (laughs) Okay. So we can pick three genres, I believe. So do you mean like it's good to pick all three that relate to either pop or all three that relate to R&B or something along those lines? I would just pick the ones that you see fit best and put the most prominent one first. So it might be a mix of pop, R&B and soul or something like that and I'll get it, but also our R&B editor will okay. get it, okay. you know. So, yeah. You can also just pick one if, if it's, yeah, sits in the R&B world, but it's actually more hip-hop. Like, do, yeah, doesn't doesn't matter too much. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that it doesn't matter too much, I feel like you've probably reduced stress levels in so many artists just with that <laughs> one statement. That's good. That's, <laughs> so that's good. good. The only other thing I'll say on that is that it's helpful for us to see where the artist thinks they might fit as well or where they hope they will fit so we'll look at it from that perspective but yeah not make or break and you know genres these days are so fluid and always changing as well so it's tough yeah yeah (laughs) yeah okay no that's all good to know and what would you say are some common mistakes that artists make when submitting their music for playlist consideration and are there any do's or don'ts that you should be aware of as an artist yeah, well, I think we just mentioned one. Do pick a genre. If you don't pick any genre, then it might fall through the cracks because we do filter our listening by a genre. So even if you have no idea, just pick something. And do get your music ingested into the system at least two weeks before your release date because it takes two weeks for the algorithms to work, such as getting your so to get your music into an algorithmic playlist such as release radar you do need to ingest your music two weeks before the release date any later and you miss out on those algorithmic playlists so i would just say really focus on getting your music ingested two weeks or earlier those would be my two do's i guess the other thing is pitching your music earlier gives us more time to share and have discussions with our teams both locally and globally as well so don't leave your pitching to even you know a few days before your release date you really want to hit that two week sweet spot so that we can you know tag our global counterparts have those discussions leading up to your release there's so much music to listen to as you mentioned so you really want to give yourself the best chance by giving us maximum amount of time yeah to to listen to it and talk about it. Okay. All right. So pick at least a genre and upload at least two weeks before your release. That's okay. Yeah. That's not too complex. I think we can <laughs> we can manage that. 
And another thing I wanted to ask you about was the short pitch that I believe is at the end of the pitch or something that says, you know, what's your plan to promote uh, this song? What should someone include in there? Sure, that's a great question. Again, this can help your pitch, but definitely not make or break. I would suggest including anything that you may think helps us connect with your music. It's also really helpful for us to read your longer term release plan in there. So if you have three singles and then you're releasing an EP, we will know that you want to probably us to maximize your support around the EP moment. Or if we're listening to the song, we think, oh, it's not quite there, but maybe the next one will be if we know there's another song coming in a couple of weeks, we will, you know, go back and look at this artist and make sure we're listening to the next release. So, yeah, release schedule or release details are great to know. If you're playing a tour or live shows, that's great to know because we'll keep a close eye on your music to see if, there's a growth in organic streams there. Our audience is going to your profile and streaming your music. Do you have something set up with a music publication? What sort of marketing do you have in place to help your release as well? Or are you just relying on playlisting as your strategy? You know, I think that can also be really helpful because we want to add to the momentum that you're creating. Yeah, you can also write what the song's about, if that's important to you, or any person of note that you might have worked with, be it a songwriter or producer. But yeah, great to know your plans around the song and future music, I would say. Okay, okay. That's good, good to keep in mind. And how important would you say it is for artists to engage with their music and promote their music on Spotify to their fans? And are there any strategies that you would recommend for artists to maximise their chance of getting featured by promoting to their own uh, fan base? Sure, that's a great question. I think it is important. Yeah, again, you want to be maximising every opportunity you have. I would suggest that your most effective way to grow your audience and to give your music the best chance on Spotify would be encouraging to click that follow button on your profile. I think a lot of people encourage pre-saves, which is great, but encouraging your audience to click following means that, again, it's getting to these release radars and these algorithmic playlists, and then you're getting organic growth, which may help your place in the algorithm. So really encouraging listeners and fans to click that follow button there's other tools you can use as well that are available for purchase on spotify like marquee which is a promotional tool which is like a pop-up in app so it pops up when someone opens the app and says listen to the new album from blah 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 you can pay for something like that if you wish if you wish to write that into your budget or something like that it's worth looking into yeah, those are the two that I would think are probably most effective for artists. Okay. So really try to get those people to follow you and consider yeah. Marquee. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. And from the success stories of artists that you have 
seen grow through Spotify, what would you say are some key takeaways or lessons that those artists have kind of done that other artists can learn from? I would say a couple of things. I would say just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. We sometimes see artists release, you know, five tracks and they're really talented artists, but sometimes the song isn't just quite there the first five times, but that sixth song, that's amazing. Or even, you know, sometimes I've seen artists release for years and then not until it's their fifth year of release do they start to break through and then everything moves really quickly. So I would just encourage artists to keep going and you never know what's going to happen and timing is so important. There's a New Zealand duo, Balu Brigada, that have been releasing music for seven years and in the past you know year or 18 months we've seen amazing cut through but their earlier singles if we look at you know seven years ago weren't really quite there but they did everything in the last seven years to get them to a position now where they are really successful and their latest track designer has over a couple million streams And I think they were really clever in working on the things they could control. You can't control if your music is playlisted by someone else, right? But you can continue to grow your audience. You can continue to write the best songs that you can possibly write and hone your craft and and work on your music. And you can play as many live shows as possible and really perfect your live show and all these things. And through their live shows and working with different people and producers and songwriters, they've really just leveled up every year, you know, and I think they still have much more success to come. But they've been playing a long game. I think we so often look at artists and there's this idea of overnight success, you know, but I think, like you said, even when it comes to people in their career, we don't see that seven years that they've been releasing music for and however many years before that they were writing and playing music. So, yeah, I would just say work on the things you can control to the best of your ability, be growing your audience, playing shows, writing music, get better at singing, all those things, and then hopefully the things you can't control will come when the time is right. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice there, and I think a lot of people can really get something out of that. I'm sure people can feel a bit demotivated if they're looking just at numbers and thinking, oh, you know, why is this not happening? So that's yeah. a great reminder. We see artists who, yeah, have maybe put out eight songs and it's not quite, you know, we've listened to so much music. It's so, New Music Friday is so competitive and they've been releasing for a couple of years or something, but then, you know, the next year they're just, smashing it so yeah just don't give up yeah that's good that's good so would you say Hannah that Spotify consider things outside the Spotify realm on determining if an artist gets onto a playlist and how does that work and I, I think you might have touched on it a little bit talking about things like live shows yeah again a great question I think this one can be particularly useful when we're playlisting beyond the release date so I think there's this idea that if you don't make New Music Friday or if you don't get playlisted within your first week of release, you won't get playlisted. But that's definitely not the case. We're always looking at different trends and different data and what's happening off-platform, like you said, live shows, but also 
is your music being used an ad or TV show or are your you know or is there some other online growth and we look at things like Shazam charts but we also have different data dashboards which we can see what people are typing into search and seeing, you know, are they looking you up? Is there an interest there? And we can see what particular demographics are listening to. Is Gen Z all of a sudden, you know, really excited about this artist that we haven't heard of? So there's many different data points we look at and activity outside the realm of Spotify. We're in a music ecosystem, you know. Yeah, so I think anything you can do to drive consumption on and off platform is helpful. Okay. Yeah. No, good things to consider and for us to look at it a bit more holistically rather than just thinking about the playlist aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to a few audience questions for you, Hannah, and we had to cut these down a little bit, starting with one from Georgia Renee. She said, is it worth submitting your songs to Spotify when you have a small following and only a couple of tracks? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. This is the most exciting part of the job for me. I oh. love finding great music from artists that I or, you know, no no one that I know knows about, you know, uncovering those gems and seeing how we can grow their audience from, you know, smaller, like there's so much potential there. So yes, definitely. And we definitely listen to songs that come from artists who have never released anything. So yeah, you're definitely not disadvantaged by having a smaller audience or no audience. That's very good. Very good to know. Actually, one thing you mentioned there about artists that have no music out, I guess you can't submit on Spotify for artists until you have at least one song out. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. But what we can do is help you set up your Spotify artists so you can pitch pre your first release. And I'm happy to give our music team email out so that if it is your first release and you can't pitch via Spotify for artists, we can help you set that up or you can pitch to our email as well because we definitely don't want to disadvantage anyone for it being their very um, first release. Oh, that yeah. would be amazing I do, actually, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just want to reiterate that a good song is a good song no matter who it comes from. Yeah. That's good to know because I think we have had that question a couple of times about, you know, oh, I can't make a a Spotify for artists page because it's my first release. It's good to know that there are some ways around that. Yeah. Do you want me to say yeah, that yeah. email now or, yeah, I think sure. there's, or there's a question coming up where I well yes actually the next <laughs> uh, question might answer that potentially so that was by Claudia and Claudia said how do you find the Spotify contacts and can they help you get onto a playlist sure so our music team email it's an alias but it comes to all of our inboxes I can send this to you as well Zylo it's music team ANZ at spotify.com music team anz at spotify.com um so you can email and say this is my first release i can't set up my spotify for artists yet you can either pitch it to that email or you can say can you help me set up my spotify for artists so that i can pitch it through the new music submissions tool i will say that emailing 
an editor or contacting an editor won't help you get on a playlist. Again, it just come. We only listen to submissions via Spotify for artists. However, a brand new submission can't be pitched like that. We will listen to it via this. Yeah. But there's no sliding into the DM sort of thing that will help okay. you. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes people think that will help and I'm like, mm. yeah, no, we try and level the playing field. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good to know. So that email, I guess, is for new artists only who don't have a Spotify for artists page, would you say? Yeah, I would say that. Um, also feel free to use it to give us details around like a longer release plan. Yeah, if you don't have a manager or a label or, you know, usually if you have a distributor like Believe or The Orchard or something like that, they're giving us all your release details. But if you're going through maybe like CD Baby or DistroKid and you want to give us some further context, like by all means. And then we have a couple of questions by Kat Hold. And one question was, do pre-saves help you to get onto playlists? No, but pre-saves will help you get listened to by the people who pre-saved your music. So, you know, that's a positive in itself, but it won't help you get onto a playlist. Yeah. It's just based on the quality of your music. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wonder then from what you mentioned, if it's actually a better idea for people to suggest that their followers follow them rather than the pre-save because then they'll get that anyway. Um, Yeah. You're exactly right. yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a good, good thing to note. And then another question by Kat was, there are so many music media PR managers out there, can they really help you get onto playlists? Sure. There are some great publicists out there who are helping artists grow their audience through media exposure. However, again, Spotify for Artists is the only way we listen to music and consider it for playlisting. So emails from PR companies going to influence us in any way. Is that what you mean? Like emails or do you mean media coverage. Sorry, I'm not sure if I am. No, I think, yeah. So if there are people like PR managers that that say they specialize on getting your song into playlists, I guess that's how I read that. So oh, you mentioned right. that yeah. that wouldn't really work. No, that wouldn't work. Again, PR managers are great and can really help you grow your audience, but they can't help you get playlisting. Yeah. Yep. So now jumping into our speed quiz, Hannah, are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone seems to get nervous, but you will be just fine. So there are five quick fire questions and you just have to pick one or the other. So laundry or dishes? Laundry. Headphones or speakers? Speakers. Science or maths? Maths. Festival or rave? (laughs) Festival. Digital or analog? Analog. Oh, that was pretty speedy. (laughs) Great job. (laughs) Thank you. I tried to be faster. There's so much I wanted to say. (laughs) No, it was great. It was great. 
Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, some people do kind of start a side story with each one of those. Yeah, so like, you it's not what the section's for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Great You work. get the rest of the podcast to talk. This That's is just, right. Yeah. yeah, this is the speed aspect of it, yeah. <laughs> so coming into our top tips then, Hannah, can you tell me what is your one top career tip? I would say to try and learn as much as possible from as many people as possible. I think, yeah, knowledge is power and most people are really happy to share it. You know, I feel honoured when people ask me questions. So, yeah, don't be afraid to ask. The worst that can happen is that they don't have time. But, yeah, I think do your best to learn from as many sources and as many people as possible. Oh, great advice there, I think, and trying to reach out to people and not trying to work it all out on your own. (laughs) Totally. So many people are so happy to help. Yeah. I love that. So what is your one top self-care tip? I have two. Is that okay? Sure. (laughs) For me personally, the ocean helps so much. Swimming just being beside it, looking at it, gives me perspective. It's so calming. And then I also think what can help for anyone in music, artists or industry side to connect with people who aren't. I think often music can feel like everything, the be all and end all, and it can get quite overwhelming. And I think talking to people who work in different industries or who have nothing to do with music can just well, remind me personally that there's more to life and the world is bigger and just sometimes helps me get perspective. I'm still so, you know, music is my priority and my passion and everything, but it's sometimes nice to just remind myself that there's more out there. Yeah. Yes. I think another really good tip there and, yeah, it can be an all-consuming world a little bit and it's yeah. good to know that... There's a, there are other things going on outside of that and good to step out. Totally. <laughs> totally. And I think music, yeah, as you said, can be all-consuming because we work in it, but it's social as well. And so many of our friends in the industry, or if you're a musician, then so many of your friends are musicians and, you know, where you are in your career can feel very competitive or that sort of thing. And I think, yeah, it's just really great to keep people close to you who can keep you grounded and remind you that there's more to life. Yes. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And lastly, what is your one top general life tip? I do not feel like I'm in a position to give life advice, but if (laughs) if I have to give something, I would say just be kind. It doesn't cost anything. And be kind to yourself as well. I feel as though when we're kinder to ourselves, we're kinder to others so yeah just be kind it's free yeah yeah that one actually comes up quite often so it's great that that fits in with the theme and it is so important and I think no matter what industry you're in we can undervalue how much just being kind can help us but help everyone around us as well exactly couldn't have said it better yeah Oh, well, that's been absolutely lovely, Hannah. And I feel like I've learned so much. And it's also been quite motivating, I would say, for a lot of musicians to maybe take a little bit of pressure off themselves and just focus on creating good, good music and keeping the faith that, you know, if it's not this one, it'll be the next one or whatever. And just 
keeping on doing what they love. Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to meet you. And yeah, so many great questions. I hope I explained them not too confusingly. Um, Not at all. Yeah. I know it can be confusing out there. So, yeah, please feel free to share that email and, yeah, let me know if there's anything I can help with or follow up with anything. More than happy to. And also, I think you're doing amazing work with this podcast and I have thoroughly enjoyed it myself. So thank you. I'm so glad, Hannah. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. My biggest three takeaways from Hannah's episode was firstly, to make sure that you are pitching your song through Spotify for Artists at least two weeks before release date and make sure you pick at least a genre, doesn't matter if you're not exactly sure what it is. My second biggest takeaway was to really encourage your listeners to follow you on Spotify and this will give your song the best chance to get picked up by the algorithmic playlist such as Release Radar. My last biggest takeaway was to remember that just because your current release maybe didn't get picked up by the playlist doesn't mean that all your future releases won't either. So keep making great music and eventually your music will connect with your audience. That's it from us this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to seeing you in two weeks.